Good morning, everyone. Good, good morning, everyone. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you're here today. Two of your fellow students, Grant and Christian, are here to make an announcement on behalf of the Baylor Activities Council. Good morning. Uh, I hope you're excited about this Halloween weekend. You should be because uh, this weekend we have Fiji and Tridelt's annual Fright Night. It's at Eastland Lakes, which is just a few miles east of campus. It's a free haunted house. We'll have other stuff like hot chocolate uh, to keep you warm. But make sure you come out because it's a lot of fun and it benefits our philanthropy. All right, and our, our philanthropy is Young Life, and we'll be selling T-shirts in Memorial, the Sub, and Penland all the way through Friday between lunch hours. And uh, all the benefits go to, to Young Life. And then also there's a shuttle for transportation at Penland at 745 on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for to take you to Eastland Lakes. Thanks, guys. It's a great Monday morning for us here at uh, University Chapel. We're welcoming Ashley Cleveland and her husband, Kenny Greenberg, to Waco Hall. Ashley has been a recording artist for a number of years and has won um, Grammy Awards and Dove Awards. She is a singer-songwriter, a rock musician, blues musician. She's also a Christian artist who, throughout her career, has worked with folks in the secular and the Christian area, recorded with over 300 different folks along the way and traveled with them. She's on our campus today in part because of a project she's involved with, the Black Gospel Music Restoration Project. One of our professors here, Bob Darden, has written about this and initiated this at Baylor University, where they're trying to find black gospel music that is primarily only on vinyl albums and because of that is at risk to being lost to us. So Baylor has this initiative now where they're trying to collect those vinyl records, digitize them, and preserve this great heritage. Ashley became a part of that, began to be supportive of it, and also on our last album, recorded an album which is entirely made up of this old gospel music, and she'll reference that uh, during her time with us. We're blessed to have her and her husband, Kenny, here. I want you to give them a big Baylor welcome to the Waco Hall stage. Dr. Burleson tells me that y'all will be a little more awake than the last group. Is that right? <laughs> it's hard to get up when it's raining, though. Uh, we're going to start with a song from this, uh, uh, I want to say record, but that kind of betrays my age, so um, I'll say disc, which is not as cool a word in my opinion um we made this we did this recording last um we came out in may and it's as as um dr burleson said it's all old black gospel songs and um this first one is uh a song that um it's kind of uh it, it kind of is derived from the story of uh ezekiel who had the vision of the wheel and the wheel within a wheel, and um, uh, but I love uh, I loved the words. They sounded so they're kind of mysterious and spooky, and um, but they also have this kind of uh, you know when I read the lyric to this song, it felt like what the what the writer was saying was you know I had an encounter with the living God and all the molecules in the room started shape-shifting. 
and I that's that's really my experience of the encounters I've had with the Lord and so uh, I wanted to uh, record this song. I learned it from the Fairfield Four, uh, which is an acapella group consisting of five people. Um, and so I never quite figured out what that was about, but they were amazing. And um, they uh, they were uh, five African-American men and sang acapella uh, always and dressed in overalls always. And... Um, they were magnificent. And so when I heard this song, I thought, well, I'll record it a cappella too, but I was so much less than magnificent. So I decided to uh, try and make up some music to go with it. It's called My God Called Me This Morning. My God called me this morning. Hey, hey. a little while before day. Hey, my God, call me this morning. Hey, hey, Lord, hey, hey, my God, call me this morning. Not a little while before day. You know, I stop and I listen. How sweet the voice did sound, sounding like the beat, beat, beating of the angels' wings as the if from heaven come down. Then I staggered, I steadied myself. I looked, but I saw no one till I go way up in glory, and I saw God's darling son. Let me tell you that the prayer we start to clean it and the Spirit of God set my soul burning and the prayer we turned over and I move one step up to glory and I rose up a shout and I I heard the rumbling thunder. Hey, hey, Lord, hey. Saw the sinner going under now. It's just a little while before day. Oh, I saw that zigzag lightning. Hey, hey, Lord, hey. Heard the hell hell barking a little while before Now listen, let me tell you what my God said to me. He said, girl, if you want to make it to the kingdom, just fall down on your bended knees. Spirit of God set my soul jumping. Where we turned over at 
a little while before day Thank you These uh these traditional when I um because I didn't write any of these songs uh there's a process you go through when you record other people's music um, where you have to research, you have to find out who wrote it, and you have to um, license the song. And um, most of them are copywritten. But there are songs, when you see a song is a traditional, that means there is no copyright on it. And so I, um, I wasn't exactly sure. I'd heard so many versions of some of these songs that I, I wasn't sure who'd written them. So I started researching the copyrights, and lo and behold, there were no authors listed. There were just many, many versions by different artists, as diverse as the Grateful Dead to the Rolling Stones to blues artists like the Reverend Gary Davis and Blind Willie Johnson. There was just a, a, a huge uh, backlog of people that had cut these songs over the years, but none of them had written them. And truly, they were written in the slave fields or they were written in the church. And um, in the slave fields, the African-American slaves would sing uh, sing of their faith back and forth to one another and they would create songs sometimes the songs expressed the rage that they felt at the at the cruelty that was so constantly inflicted on them and 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 the horror that their lives uh, had had uh taken um Sometimes there were secret messages in the songs. Messages, the one we just played, uh, had uh, is widely believed to be a song with a message uh, about the Underground Railroad, which was an escape for uh, the slaves. A very risky one, but one that if you could get if you could get onto it, you could get up to the Northeast where there was no slavery, and. Um, these songs also, you know, in situations uh, that were, you know, where there was no end in sight, these songs represented just clinging to a belief that the Lord was at the end of the day was a just God and a good God and that, and, and that he loved them and would be faithful ultimately. And I think, you know, for all of us, it's easy to express our faith when things are going pretty good. But you get in a situation like that and you find out what you really believe. And so it is incredibly moving to me that these people that were, in, that were just at the hands of such terrible treatment and were routinely murdered for no good reason would believe in a God that loved them 
and would express that belief in such a profound way. And I really believe that's one of the reasons these songs have lived and been, and been beloved over the years by so many people. So this, this next song... I get to talking and I forget to tune. Not that I'm very good at it anyway. This next song is what they call a counting song. It's kind of a quick overview of the scriptures. It goes like this. It goes, my love is a rock and a weary Chapter 2, and the Lord God preached to that Bible through. Stop and let me tell you about chapter 3, when the Lord God, it got up on Calvary. My love is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. My love is a rock in a weary land. And let me tell you about chapter 4 when the Lord God he visited among the poor. Stop and let me tell you about chapter 5 when the Lord God he raised all the dead alive. Stop and let me tell you about chapter 6 when he went to Jerusalem and healed the sick. My love is a rock and a weed. Let me tell you about chapter 7 when he died and he risen and he went on up to heaven. Stop and let me tell you about chapter 8 when the Lord God has stood at them golden gates. Stop and let me tell you about chapter 9 when the Lord God paid all the water and wine. My Lord is a rock and a Weary land, a weary land, a weary land. My Lord is 
next song is a cheery little number called When This World Comes to an End.
gone to any. Thank you. So at the end of the day, I, I, I have to say that, you know, most of I've made eight records and most of them are stuff I've written because I'm a singer songwriter. And um, but the two kinds of music that really touch a place in my soul that is that no other music touches is, is this gospel music and also old hymns. I have a real love for them, too. But at some point in my career, I started out, you know, with ideas that I was going to be a rock star, and I had a uh, uh, a record deal on Atlantic Records, and my first record was kind of a rock and roll record. And um, increasingly, as I've gotten older, I've just been more compelled to write about my faith. Not because I have an obligation to, but because it's the thing that is the most um, is the most mysterious and beautiful and interesting at the end of the day, and it's also the thing that informs my life and puts me on the path that I'm on. And um, it, it just I try to make sense of my own faith through songwriting, and uh, I. Uh, I'm a great lover of Bible stories. I think that they rival the best action pictures, and um, and yet they don't they don't tie it all up in nice neat endings. And I think I like that better because it's real. And um, my favorite Bible story is is not one of the top ten Sunday school stories. It's uh, it's really a little more obscure, but it is one that I that I deeply love and have spent a lot of time thinking about. And it is in Genesis, and it's the story of Jacob wrestling the angel. And um, Jacob, of course, is the son of Isaac, and uh, he is traveling by himself, camping. And um, in the middle of the night, he's visited by an angel of the Lord. And, um, you know, I feel definite about one thing in this story, regardless of, you know, it doesn't, Bible's famous for not giving a ton of information, so you are left to draw your own conclusions. But I feel positive that this angel was not like the pictures of the cherubs, the friendly, you know, accessible cherubs on a Hallmark card. I think that an angel of the Lord at the end of the day would be terrifying, at least to me. But not to Jacob. He not only was apparently not terrified, he he thought it was a, a great idea to say to this angel, hey, you want to wrestle? And I think, that's amazing, really. I mean, you know, it, do you, uh, think about if you were to encounter an angel of God, would that be the first thing that occurred to you? I mean, you know, if I could even get up off the floor, I know that I would not be trying to engage this 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 creature in a, in a wrestling match. But Jacob thought it was a good idea. And apparently the angel did, too, because they got to, as we say in the great state of Tennessee, they got to wrestling. And, uh, 
And that went on all night long. And at one point, out of compassion, the angel says to Jacob, let go. And Jacob says, uh, no, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. And then the angel touches him on the inside of his thigh and all and instantly the bone and the sinew and the muscle they just wither away and he is permanently lame and he doesn't let go and he hangs on and so in the morning the angel does two things he changes his name which is something that also happens repeatedly in the scriptures and i think you know i was at i i listened uh to a wonderful teacher once who said, you know, you should prayerfully ask the Lord what your name is to him. And it will be interesting. So I, I, I suggest that you all do that in, in your prayers. Ask, ask God, what is my name? And see what he says to you. It, it might be shocking. It might be something you never would have thought of. But in this case, he takes, the angel changes Jacob's name to Israel. It's a tenacious people. And, and therefore, he, he, a people, a nation is, is, is identified. And, um, and then he says, not only, uh, he says, I'm going to bless you because, um, because you hung on. And so Jacob gets this profound blessing and this and and really he's kind of put on a path to his destiny but he marches into that destiny not you know he still has the limp so he kind of limps into his destiny and that's really interesting to me cuz i i mean i limp too i'm a uh, i'm a i'm a very broken person i i'm a, a an alcoholic and a drug addict I come from a long line of alcoholics in my family, so my family was was very um, ill, and a lot of terrible things went on routinely. And um, I got the idea that if I was going to live through it, that I had better learn to take care of myself, and that I could not trust or rely on anybody. And so I became very self-sufficient in a really dysfunctional way. But, it, you know, in my mind, I was keeping it together. And, um, and, you know, ultimately, it just did not work. But at the, when I came to a place where I could not go on, that was really where I met the Lord. So I, I really believe that all of us will have a limp and yours will probably look different from mine i mean maybe some of you will be addicts maybe you already know you're an addict maybe you'll have a physical disability or another kind of illness maybe you have depression but something in your life will be a limp for you that you cannot fix and and you'll probably despise it because it'll show you your own weakness at least I despised mine. But it will also show you where you end and the Lord begins, and that is a magnificent thing. And out of that, you'll probably limp on into your destiny too. And I hope that for all of you. I really do, because it's a wonderful... You know, I, I think about the life that I have today, 
And it's not the life I would have asked for. It's not the life that I thought I wanted. But it is is so much better than anything I could have come up with in every possible way. And, you know, I don't think I would have found it if I hadn't been so desperately sick. I don't think I would have. I think if I could have propped myself up and sort of put a life together and and run on my own steam, I would do it because I'm drawn to that. But I'm thankful that the Lord has given me this limp. So uh, it's a very long-winded song introduction, I might say. Uh, This is called The Blessing.
Dr. Burleson. Let's, let's stand together for a closing prayer. God, we give you thanks this morning for Ashley and Kenny, their ministry to us this morning. And we pray that we might hear what she had to say to us and move into this day not so condemning of our weaknesses and our broken, brokenness, even open to the cracks in our life because that's the way your light comes into the deepest part of who we are. Through Christ we pray this. Amen. See you.